0: With Cush, and will say, This one was born in Zion. Indeed, of Zion it will be said, This one and that one were born in her, and the Most High Himself will establish her. The Lord will write in the register of the peoples. This one was born in Zion. As they make music, they will sing. All my fountains are in you. Our second reading is from The book of Matthew, chapter 3, starting at verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the the Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, And if you'd like to turn in your Bibles to the book of Ruth that's what we're going to spend our time digging into today before we come to read it I want to ask you are there times when God doesn't do what you expect are there times when you think it's clear the way he should act It's obvious, isn't it? God should make things work out well for me. I've been working hard. I deserve it. Maybe that's what you think. He should make the planets aligned so that blessing is showered down on me. I can enjoy good things. I've been waiting so long. I've been faithful. I've been praying. I'm looking for the answer. And God doesn't do what you expect. Has that been your experience? It's certainly been mine, many occasions. In fact, sometimes I feel like God almost gives me the opposite of what I'm expecting. To teach me to be humble, sometimes to bring me down a bit. Sometimes I think I know what's going on. And God works out things so that they They just surprise me. Today, as we begin the book of Ruth, we're wrestling with the theme of God's providence. How God acts towards the world, towards His creatures especially. How He sustains and upholds the world, His active engagement in our lives, how He brings about His purposes. And what we see as we we read the book of Ruth, this beautiful story, it's a short book, it's a favourite of many, what we see as we read this and as we see as we dig into chapter one today, is that God's providence, His care and His good disposition, to his creatures, the way he upholds them and brings about his plans in their lives. It can't be put in a box. It can't be boiled down to some clean laws and rules that we can apply and then get the expected outcome every time. He can be relied upon and trusted. But His goodness comes in surprising ways. That's what we're going to see as we dig in. Let's read together Luke, uh, Ruth chapter 1. Luke. Ruth chapter 1. Here it is. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. My God is king. His wife's name was Naomi, pleasant. And the names of his two sons were Marlon, sickly, and Kilion, wasting away. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem. Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech and Naomi's husband died and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Marlon and Kilian also died and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband." When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this they wept aloud again. And then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, Brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter in law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Here we see the first chapter of this story, the first. Act, if you like. The story's set up. We meet the characters. The main characters involved are, thus far, are Naomi and Ruth. And in some respects, it could be the book could be called the Book of Naomi. This is the story about her and her family. Uh, She is a, a key character. It is she who, with her husband and two sons, leaves the promised land, leaves the land that God had given to His people because of a famine, to seek food elsewhere in the territory of their enemies, really, of Moab. This all occurred in the time of the Judges, from about what's pitched at 1250 BC to about 1050, that 200-year period. And during that time, Israel as a nation had entered the land that God had given them. But they were still getting used to life there. And as we saw last year when we looked through that book in detail, it was a time of turmoil and pain. A time of God's people repeatedly ignoring Him, turning aside to idols, and Him allowing their enemies to loot them, to rule over them. One of these enemies that we read about in Judges chapter 3 was the nation of Moab, who ruled over them for 18 years. It's a time when the people on whole are being unfaithful and they're facing the consequences. God is not pleased with them. He's reminding them to turn back to him and repent through things such as this famine. Interestingly, instead of repenting, Elimelech, my God's the king, it's a great name, Elimelech and his family, they just uh, decide to quick-foot it to somewhere that looks a bit nicer. Maybe they can It's not not a long way, Moab, the hills of Moab from Bethlehem. They might even be able to see the hills there. It might look like the grass is greener there, like they've got more food. And so, this family, they do. what's unthinkable in what we've seen in the big Bible story. They leave the land of God's blessing, the promised land, to seek food, to seek a better life outside of the land God's given in the land of their enemies the lands of people who worship foreign gods, idols they go to Moab and they live there they live there for a while and Elimelech dies the two sons get married to To people from their own nation? To people who follow the Lord, their God? No. They get married to some locals who follow the local traditions? To Moabite women. But after about 10 years total living there, they too die, these sons, sickly and wasting away. Naomi's left without her two sons and without her husband, without providers who can work, without her extended family around because they're left behind, they're living as foreigners, and with the extra burden of two daughters-in-law. It's hard times for Naomi. As she experiences this, What's her interpretation of what's going on? Did you notice as we read? Naomi recognises that God is in control. She recognises that these things have been brought about because of God's will, His actions towards her family, towards His people as a whole. In verse 6, She hears that things are going well in Bethlehem. But it's not just that the weather's picked up and that the crops are being fruitful again. What is it? She hears in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them. She hears God is acting. As she sends off her daughters to go back to their families, she prays for the Lord's blessing on them. May the Lord show you kindness, if you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. She turns to the Lord and His providence for them. And as she reflects on all that's passed for herself, she sees that the Lord's hand is against her. It's verse 13. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand... Has turned against me. Later, when she gets back to Bethlehem and people are recognizing her and saying, Hey, it's Naomi. And she says, No. Naomi's gone. Pleasant. The pleasant lady, her time's over. I'm bitter. Nice to meet you. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought brought misfortune upon me. See, in her interpretation understanding of it, she recognises God's hand at work in her life. God's hand at work for good, in bringing favour and blessing to come to his people's aid, and God's hand of hardship. And it's not pleasant for her, is it? not good times but she's right in recognising God being in control it's right that we remember this when, when we encounter hardships, God is still God He acts to bring about His plans through the ups and the downs of life and even as he as he relates to us as he relates to his creatures with his goodness his providence doesn't always turn out through lollipops and sunshine his providence sometimes is shown through his judgment sometimes he brings about good things through hardship through affliction. Last week we were reading in Romans and Matt was sharing with us, wasn't he, about how God works through even our suffering. That suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. God's providence is big enough that it can even work out through difficult times. Naomi doesn't seem to have much hope at this point. She's not rejoicing. She's not looking forward to what's coming in the future. She doesn't even seem that pleased to be back home. But she's gone where the bread is. So she ends up there, back in Bethlehem, Ephrathah. house of bread, fruitful. Through these difficulties, God has brought her back to her homeland, back to the promised land, back where she belongs. And you notice that it's not spelled out explicitly that she and her family have done the wrong thing. for the ancient hebrews who are reading this it would have been clear abandoning the people leaving the homeland by choice isn't just symbolic of leaving isn't just indicating you're just doing a move it's not like just going overseas for a holiday or to for a work trip it's actually leaving the inheritance that God has provided you with. It's very clearly saying, I don't want what God's given, I'm looking elsewhere. Not trusting Him will take things into our own hands. And again, as the sons look for wives... They don't look among the people of Israel. They take foreigners. Now, this was a big no-no for God's people. They were taught clearly to be separate from the surrounding nations, because intertwining your lives with them is just too much of a risk that you'll start worshiping their gods. And we see it happen again and again and again throughout the Bible, throughout the book of Judges, throughout this time period. It's happening consistently. And it's no different with this family. They unite themselves with foreign women, seeking the good life outside of God's provision, outside of his instructions. This is just just a setup, though, isn't it? What we need to remember about God's providence is that surprisingly, it can work through hardship. And just as surprisingly, God can bring about his good purposes even through our sinful actions. God can still achieve the good he is planning to do he can provide good things despite our rejecting him despite our ignoring him despite our abandoning him God's providence still comes true The third way we see God's surprising providence is in, it just looks so different to what you expect sometimes. A God has provided for Naomi. In her loss, she is provided, uh, she is provided with a faithful friend. It's in the name, Ruth. That's what it means, Friend one who is determined to stick with Naomi, to serve her, to help her, to be with her. She's willing to give up everything, her homeland, her extended family, her people, her gods. And she says with this this famous promise, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. She even swears in the Lord's name. May God deal with me. The Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. What commitment. What a wonderful commitment show of faithfulness of loyalty and allegiance to this woman who has lost so much as they as they return to Jeru- uh, to Bethlehem Naomi though can't see what God is providing and we don't even get to see at this point all the good that God has got lined up for Naomi and Ruth but it will unfold over the coming chapters. But it starts with this, with this woman. Her there with her. Naomi says, "Call me bitter. I call me bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty." If I was Naomi, if I was sorry, if I was Ruth, and I'm coming back, and Naomi's saying I've got nothing, I feel a little bit. A little bit uh, left out there. (laughs) You're coming back with me. (laughs) It's not nothing. I've pledged my allegiance to you. I'm sticking it with you. But Naomi doesn't seem to recognise the blessing of Ruth yet. God has provided for Naomi in this terrible time with a friend. Often God provides things that we don't, we don't expect. Naomi was looking for, well, what was she looking for? She says she's empty, she's got no family, she's got no one to provide for her, no sons, no grandsons, no husband. She was looking for men, particularly, as they played this significant role of providers, she's looking for security, she's looking for a future, and she doesn't see that in Naomi, in in Ruth, sorry, she sees her loss, and she doesn't imagine that Ruth is the key to her future. Her security, her provision. But God works in surprising ways. I don't want to give you all the details, but Ruth does turn out to be the key. It's all those things for Naomi. The way God works. And it's right in front of her. It's right in front of her right now. How many times do you think, have you been looking for something in life, expecting something, maybe even praying for it? And as you look back, you can see how God has worked to provide it in a different way, a surprising way. At times I have felt lonely and prayed for friendship and have found it in none of the people that I expected or was looking for friendship in. Sometimes it's been someone new or it's been someone I already knew who I didn't expect to find that connection and closeness with. How many times have you needed something? Been short? Needed help? Or money? Or provision? Or just care and support? And God has lined it up in ways you didn't expect. Sometimes the answers were already right in front of you. This is the I don't know why it doesn't explain the kind of theory of it here, but I think God delights in this. I think he likes to surprise us. He likes to not be predictable. Well, he can't be, can't He's just much more God than we are. If we could get our head around him and work it out, then He wouldn't be God, would He? God works in surprising ways to provide, to show His goodness to us in our lives. But He can be dependent on for it. He works through hardships, through even our, our bad choices our sin and he brings about his good purposes and at the end of the day we can testify to God's goodness Naomi was provided with a friend I'm reminded as I read that promise that Ruth makes as she gives up all that was familiar and comfortable to her to serve Naomi she commits to her I'm reminded of the way that the Lord Jesus gave up the wealth of heaven to come in humility as a servant, to suffer, to be the friend that we needed. It didn't look like people expected, but he was what we needed in God's wonderful plan. I could almost I could almost see Jesus saying these kind of words, couldn't you? I'm with you, he says. I'll be with you to the very end of the age. You'll be my people. Where you deserve to die, I will die. And even death, even death can't separate you and me. What a wonderful provision we have. Surprising? But wonderful. Let me pray. Great God, we thank you that you are such a good provider for us. That you order things to work out according to your good plan. We Thank you that we can trust you even though we can't always predict how you are going to act. We thank you for the way that we're reminded of that in the book of Ruth this morning. We thank you for your provision of a friend for Naomi in her times of difficulty. We thank you for your provision of the friend above all friends, Jesus, for us to be with us and to serve us through our troubles. We pray this in his name. Amen. Friends, we're going to sing our final song. So I invite you to stand. As our band leads us.